Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. First off, right off the top, let me be the first to um, wish everyone a very happy Valentine's Day. It's tomorrow, and I just wanted to let you know, if you're hearing my voice, you are loved. There's an ocean of love for you, just as you are right now. Tonight we have a delightful show lined up. The topic is The Awakened Woman, and we have a roundtable format tonight. We have two guests. We have Cynthia James and Jean Hendry. Um, These two women, through their work with Women Creating Our Futures, Cynthia and Jean work together to support and inspire women to live the lives of their dreams through growth opportunities, community connection, and expert guidance. I just wanted to take a moment and touch on this idea of the awakened woman. Um, in a general sense, we've had many guests on this show talk about the the awakened feminine, the the woman um, rebirth, if you will. And uh, from my perspective, it, it seems like uh, from our past, we've pretty much been suffering from testosterone poisoning. I mean, kind of an overdose of the masculine. And perhaps you could say the overdose of the ego, if you will. And certainly our the mythology of the past has shown us kind of the uh, atrocities that can come out of uh, uh, a culture that's out of balance with itself. And certainly... I'm excited to watch the the dynamics of our collective culture unfold as as we uh, restore a sense of balance. We um, we tone down the masculine and and the the feminine ramps up and and reembodies, if you will, their their dominion and their sovereignty where they belong in the in the um, um, in the dynamic of of creating our future, really, and so tonight's episode, I'm I'm just delighted. I'm just really delighted because um, these two ladies have a have a vibrant chemistry between the two of them, and uh, I think without further ado, we should get right to the show. First off, let me introduce Cynthia James. She's a transformation expert who guides people as they make changes for lasting healing in their lives. Once a Hollywood actress, Cynthia excels as a speaker, coach, singer, and multiple award-winning author. Cynthia has coached and supported thousands of people into vibrant living. Her advanced awareness coaching offers depth, focus, and results for high-level business leaders. Cynthia is personally committed to utilizing creative expression as a vital and effective healing modality that will assist everyone in their own personal and professional growth. Cynthia, welcome to the show tonight. 
thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and to talk about this subject that's passion in my heart. Very nice. And our the other guest tonight is Jean Hendry. Jean is a brilliance and presence expert whose work is focused on supporting you in confidently living the fullest version of yourself by recognizing and owning your own unique brilliance. Jean's transformation evolved out of many years of self-doubt, low self-esteem, and not good enough-itis. To recognize and loving her gifts and beauty and confidently sharing them with the world. Her passion is helping women escape those traps and see the beauty in themselves, bringing their brilliant best to the world and having the confidence and the self-esteem to live the full life they deserve. Jean, welcome to the show. Thank you, Les. I am delighted to be here. You can learn more about both of these to visit their website, womencreatingourfutures.com. So, here we are. The topic tonight, the awakened woman. The 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 idea of the awakened woman seems to be a real common theme in in a lot of people who who've written books and they've created uh, social platforms and very similar to to the both of you creating um, a, a support mechanism, if you will, for women to really stand into their um, their truth, their their fullness, if you will. So if we were to talk about the awakened woman archetype, if you will, um, just give us an example of what that means to you. Let's start with Cynthia. Uh, An awakened woman to me is confident. She's clear about her gifts. She's strong in uh, her intuition. She trusts her, her knowing. And she's willing to stand for who she is, what she believes in, to be in integrity with her soul. So the awakened woman actually walks, you know, her talk and and brings the full expression of who she is into every arena, whether it's relationships, whether it's jobs, you know, whether it's working in the community. She brings her full self. Well, I like that. Jean, can you share your ideas? Absolutely. I'll jump in here because I have to say ditto to everything Cynthia just said. And I'm going to add on to that because I think so many times we talk about the awakened woman, women in the collective. And that is really important. And you mentioned it in your opening about the what's happening on our planet and how important it is and how we really need to see it. But what Cynthia and I do and what we have found is the collective is really important and the way we do that is through the individual. And so helping each each woman recognize where she's brilliant, the fact that she is, that she has a voice, that she has gifts, and that she deserves to be here. So that's what I call awakened, recognizing that place of giftedness, that divine spark that each of us has, instead of there is such a, I think, a collective human wound that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not seen, 
moving beyond that to that place of recognition of your own power. Right. I like that. Well, so I'm going to skate out on thin ice here and use the idea of a measuring stick. And I cringe. I personally cringe at the idea of anyone measuring anyone else. But with that said, say, for example, I grew up in a household where alcoholism was a, was a real struggle. And, and as a woman in this example, I move into my adult life and I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. So in order for me to kind of shake that off and stand on my feet can be a monumental accomplishment. And so often um, when we're given a challenge, it turns around to be a gift for us to share in our life path. How do you, how do you have an idea within yourself as a woman that you have indeed awakened or how can you tell if there's more to be awakened i mean how do you how can you quantify as an individual looking at yourself that you have indeed awakened um can you want to take that one well i will certainly try i mean so what you talk about are our life's challenges and of course we've all had those it may not have been alcoholism but i think most of us have walked through challenging places and so part of it is faith it's trust it's the recognition so i have to share with you Les, that part of my story for a very long time was the fact that i think i had this underlying belief that i was the one universal exception that for whatever reason i was the only person in the planet who wasn't good enough who wasn't gifted who wasn't brilliant who didn't deserve to have a full life and when i finally realized that if i believe everybody else does then how could i not and so it's it's a trust walk it is it, it's a recognition that i might not believe it in this moment but i'm going to keep moving because i know there's something more right well as you've done that um how have how has have you changed yourself? I mean, can, can you see your own uh, uh, awakening or evolution as you as you hold that vision for yourself? Absolutely, yes, yes, and and no, and and I have to clarify that. <laughs> That's fair enough. I would say <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I when I when I stop and I look back and I see where I've come from, I can see that there's so much progress and I believe so much more in myself and I'm showing up in my giftedness to the world and I am committed and passionate about supporting women in in seeing their own brilliance. And sometimes I can fall into that trap of not thinking I'm good enough or of hiding out or being afraid to step forward and do something I know I'm called to do because I question if 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 I can really do it, if it's if you know if if I'm capable of doing it, so, and I think that's common for all of us. Sure. But we all we all experience that. We just don't recognize that everybody else is experiencing the same thing. Right. Well, then, Cynthia, I would ask you that uh, I know you've been. Uh, 
uh, a pastor at Mile High Church, our past cross there for a while, uh-huh. and you uh-huh. you've had a uh, a span of time, and Jean might have, but I'm not. I'm more familiar with Cynthia. So Cynthia, in the span of time that you've worked with um, people, and and in in this show's topic, women. Um, when you watch a, uh, a woman go through the process of awakening, um, what um, what kind of uh, transformational, um, uh, I guess, magnitude? Uh, in in other words, what kind of a powerful um, transformation have you witnessed in in women yourself working with them? Yeah, well, I I would love to talk about that, but I wanna I wanna start with myself because your earlier example of growing up in an alcoholic family uh, was my experience, and okay. I didn't become an alcoholic, but but the the insanity that goes along with with growing up in those environments was definitely a part of my life, and so. Um, what I had to do for myself and, and what I am witnessing in women who are awakening is, is that you have to begin to stop, pause, look at your fears, your doubts, your traps, your boxes, all the things that, that stop you from being who you are. So that means getting really honest with yourself, really looking at the things that do not serve you anymore and choose differently. And so the thing of when I see women awakening is like, you know, the the challenge for them is, you know, we've been enculturated to take care of others first. And if we don't, then, you know, we're made to feel guilty, uh, you know, about not um, um, giving ourselves away. But if you are going to awaken, you have to start putting yourself first because the, the healthier you get, the clearer you get, the more profound you get in your way of being, you raise the vibration of everything and everyone around you. And so you, then you start to witness your outer world mirroring what you believe and, and, and what you desire in your life. You get to um, express your beauty and your gifts, and you start to see that the more you honor yourself, the more others honor you the more they respect you. You get to see that um, you are in a universal flow that is tangible. And so you are uplifted, and therefore you uplift others. Well, very nice. Well, I mean, if if I'm a woman in a difficult environment, perhaps in the family dynamic, um, that could be a challenging thing to do to to kind of take that new perspective for yourself, especially if nobody in your environment really is supporting you. I mean, how how do you how do you even start going about doing that? So if I could jump well, in here, Les, because sure. the, I I was just thinking along those lines. It is vital to have support. And so many times women don't find it at home in their family situation, whatever it is. But finding that community, that tribe, that single person who can help support you because we can't hold it for ourselves all alone all the time. 
And it is really, really important. It's the reason Cynthia and I do the work we do, because bringing women together makes us stronger. Is your community um, um, local as well as online? I mean, do you have a global community? Yes, so we, we do. do. Yes, um, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I'm a, if this is my first exposure to you two, um, what kind of an experience? And I'll I'll uh, present this to Cynthia. Um, if it's perhaps I've read books, perhaps I've been getting an inkling of this uh, this bigger sense of self um, as a as a, a new client or a new potential. Uh, what kind of experience can I expect to uh, engage the platform you two have created? Well, one of the things is every January um, we have the Women Creating Our Futures conference. And we invite women um, for three days to come together with us and experience joy and freedom and camaraderie and 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 um, working on the things that we want to create for the year. We have speakers and we have music and we have movement, and and we do it all as a group. And so you can you can actually feel the energy in the room rise. And then out of that, the women choose where they want to play with us. Some are just online in our in our Facebook, you know, groups or whatever, but some are in our mastermind program where they're with us for 3 months and we coach them and guide them to create the life that they desire in the environment of a tribe, of a community where they're honoring and lifting each other up and supporting each other and moving their desires forward. Well, I like that. You know, it's uh, I like how you you tie it in desire, tie it into desires. A lot of times, our our life purpose shows up as these inklings of desires. I, I know for myself, good golly, for the first several decades of my um, of my life, I had no inclination whatsoever that I was going to be an author and a radio host, a visionary. And uh, the the birthplace, if you will, of that came through these inklings of desires from my heart telling me to write books and whatnot. So when we talk about the desires of of ourselves, a lot of times it can be hard for a woman to, to put her desires in a higher importance, if you will, because as we've mentioned, um, women can have this caregiver role where so much of their effort is taking care of ex- other people. Um, Jean, I would ask you um, if, if I've been this this um, woman who's totally um, surrendered myself to raising my family or to take care of the dynamic. How can I move my desires into a more prominent role in my life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, Les, because because culturally we've been taught differently. We've, we've, so many of us have been taught that it's bad to have a desire, and so we try to numb those out. We try to push them down. But as you've said, the truth of the matter is our divinity shows up through our desire. Our giftedness shows up through our desire. And so pushing that down is pushing away 
what we are supposed to be doing here in this lifetime on this planet. Um, to answer your question about what we do with our families, so I will never forget the first time one of my mentors said to me, because I was feeling guilty about something that I was doing, I thought for myself, that was not mm, taking care of my family. And she said to me, so isn't it interesting that you're the selfish one if you do this for you, but your family is selfish in that they want you to do for them. So whose self selfishness is going to win out here? And that was so eye-opening for me to realize that my selflessness was feeding their selfishness. So the other thing I really had to come to terms with was realizing that stepping into my full life was modeling for my child what I thought she should do and, of course, what I want for her because our kids learn from what we do, not from what we say. Right, very, very powerful. Well, then, Jean, I would ask you, if you're in a family dynamic, um, uh, there's other skin in the game, if you will. If you start changing what uh, you're expecting for yourself, and and perhaps saying respecting, respecting for yourself, there might be some pushback from people who have kind of accepted you as the lean-on person. How do you how do you change yourself when you know there's there's going to be this kind of a ripple of of um, I don't, Backlash might seem a little much, but but when you go to change how you expect others to see you, how do you how do you stand on your on your feet, so to speak, when they say, "Well, wait a minute, you're not gonna you're not gonna keep doing what you're doing." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly can be an issue, and of course, every situation is different. So I wouldn't pretend to make general generalizations here. However, I think that any time we can have honest conversation about the fact that this is the way it's been, but as I've grown and I've become more, I realize perhaps this is, A, not what I should be doing, and B, not the very best thing I could be doing for you. So you hope you live in an environment where you can have those kind of truthful conversations. Sometimes we don't. And that's where we need to get support from the outside to help us understand how we might go about it. Sometimes it's simply baby steps. It's, we take incremental one step at a time um, to, to move us forward. Right, I like that. So, Cynthia, I would, I would uh, ask you in the context of a personal relationship, if... Uh, if if in that relationship maybe the relationship was established well into the past and there wasn't really any dynamic for uh, any kind of healthy self-respect, um, how, do you, how do you bring that about and, uh, um, and, and still give the relationship uh, space to, to kind of uh, balance out as change transforms itself? Yeah, well, I think there are, it's a twofold answer. Because I think 
you know, really relationships are also evolutionary. You know, people are changing and growing, you know, all the time. Uh, And I think that when one person steps out of the, the, the paradigm that's been established of how the relationship is working and wants more, wants to express more, wants to go deeper, um, and, and begins to express it, you know, I think the initial thing that most people do to change is to resist it. And so right. when that happens, it's like, it's like you get to find ways. You know, my husband and I have been together for 24 years, and we have, we've come up against walls a couple of times. And it's like we've gone to therapy or we've gotten support. And I think that that's one of the first things is, like, to reach outside of, you know, the unit itself and, and get some support to learn how to communicate better, to, to learn how to create a new language together, you know. And sometimes um, it, it, it can take you into powerful, deep, profound loving. And sometimes it's, it's a deal breaker because some of the women that I coach, it's like um, they have gotten to a place where they want to grow and the partner doesn't want to grow. And they can try to create a space within that. But after a while, you know, if, if it's not feeding you, then it's depleting you. And then you're at choice points. And so I, I think it's really getting clear do you have a partner that wants to walk through the fire with you? Do you have a partner that wants to go deep with you because, because they're invested so deeply in the relationship and that change is a gift? Right. I like that. Well, let's – I'm going to – oh. Go ahead. If I could just jump in here for a moment because what Cynthia just described was my situation. So – what happened in my marriage was that we finally had to come to an agreement that we were not, we were headed different directions and that the change that was so important to me um, was difficult for him. And so we did wind up parting ways because of that. Um, And in in the long run, that was absolutely the best choice for both of us, not to say it wasn't difficult in the moment, but it, it really had to come down to that choice point that Cynthia talked about. Well, that had to feel pretty tough. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, because if you're sitting, I mean, that that's pretty bold right there, what you just said, because um, um, I think personal relationships are um, can be very difficult and thus very powerful because if if there's scars in the person from the fam, um from their family dynamics that they haven't looked at for decades and you start to go through a healing process and p- perhaps you put your hand out and you say come come heal with me let us walk through our wounds and some people don't want anything to do with their wounds that they, they want to push them down farther in their psyche so um so, Jean, to continue on that, since you went through that process, wow. I mean, how, um, how do, how, what would have changed in that? I don't, uh, you don't have to share anything you don't want to, but what would have, a, what would the dynamic look like had 
um, you both decided to immerse. I mean, and and that can be scary for people, but just just share with us kind of a, a having gone through it. What would you see would be some core elements to to be able to walk through that kind of um, um, powerful path? You know, I guess the first thing I would say is there has to be willingness. So what I found for me was there was something pushing me, something driving me to realize more for myself. And I didn't even know what it was, but I knew that I had to pursue it for me, and I can't speak for anyone else's experience, but for me, it got so uncomfortable that I could no longer stay in that place. And so the conversations we would have would be around my discomfort, where I wanted to go, can you go with me? And when someone says, "Mm, I don't even know what you're talking about, or no, I'm not interested, or no, I don't, I, I, I can't go with you, then then you have to make that choice. But I I can imagine and I would hope that there are many instances where you there's one person who's the leader in that, but the other one says, Yeah, it's scary, but I'm willing to walk with you and I'll travel this path with you and we'll see where we go. So that place of willingness, the place of of really being willing to look more deeply into you. So it really isn't about the other person other than you're doing it in conjunction with each other. Um, And to have a partner in that process, I think, has to be absolutely amazing. Sure. Well, then I'd I'd, uh, uh, present this to Cynthia as, as, as you shared the, your marriage and and you've mentioned at at times it was difficult it's kind of a, a push and a pull perhaps um what happens when you do go to those vulnerable places and again i don't want to put you on the spot but but to to give yourself permission or courage enough to to state some vulnerable aspect about yourself in the presence of your partner, especially if you feel like you're on thin ice. I mean, how does that happen? Well, you know, it's really interesting, Les, because I was married before to someone that wasn't willing to go there. Um, they had an addictive personality, and um, and it ultimately, you know, ended the marriage. And so... When I met my current husband, I, I was a little scared. I mean, it was like, you know, can I can I let someone in? Can I trust that they say that they who they say they are? Can um, and so I I got to say I kind of put my foot in the water and then you know then I'd say okay well that works and then I'd go a little further and then um, you know we. One of the things that I admire about my husband is that he's a communicator, that no matter what's going on, he will communicate about it, and we can talk about it. You know, the other morning we were having a conversation about the fact that that we know that no matter what happens in the relationship, the form of the relationship, the friendship and the trust is solid, and that has come over so many times of walking through things together that that um, 
that were hard and supporting each other when the other one felt like they were faltering. And, um, and sometimes having to take a little space so that we came back into the conversation without the anger and, and the blame and, and got to express what we, what we wanted and how we wanted to grow closer and what we needed. I mean, for me, that was very difficult because of the way I grew up and because of the marriage before. You know, it was like, is it safe to be me? Right. Well, you mentioned anger. I mean, if if you're not willing to go someplace and you feel pushed, um, um, the the resistance, if you will, the um, the anger can show up in all kinds of behavioral patterns. Um, it it it's got to feel a little raw. <laughs> I mean, I think you've shared uh-huh. that. It's to feel uh-huh. raw to kind of uh, put it out there and 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 kind of feel the potential of burn, if you will. But mm-hmm. but that's that's really the the arena of of the deep work, of the, the deep healing, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think, Cynthia? Well, yeah, absolutely. And and here's the thing. Nobody knows how to do it perfectly. Um you you know, sometimes you stumble around and you bumble around and um but but the thing is is that that level of authenticity and honesty, you know, takes you deeper into trust and into um, um, an understanding that you're safe. You know, I mean, you know, Jean and I are in a business relationship, but the same thing applies. We've learned how to talk to each other. We've learned how to bring difficult conversations. We've learned how to work through that so that what happens is that there's a deeper level of, of um, trust in the, in the relationship, in the way in which we work together, and the understanding that nobody's going to try to hurt anybody, that, that what we're doing is we have a common goal. And I think that that's part of the awakened woman. It's like to have relationships like that on every level. I like that. I really like that. So, so if and and I think there's an element in the the walk of fire, if you will, that um, when other people, um, when the other person, to be more specific, in a in a personal relationship, when when they trigger that that um, the opportunity to heal. Any feelings that they they show, it's important not to take it personally as a partner. And oftentimes when we, um, I don't know how many times you hear, you know, um, uh, young uh, couple that are going to get married and, that, and they're like, well, um, he really makes me happy. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to pound my head on the, on the door. If he's responsible for your happiness, just throw a chain around his neck and throw him in the river. I mean, and, and what, I, what I'm getting at here is um, when you go into that, that sensitive burn, if you will, of healing and, and a person shows physical pain, shows anguish, shows sorrow on their face, it it can be... Difficult not to swoop in and own it for them, or or try to 
be the vehicle of them not feeling the pain anymore, and it's actually feeling the pain that the healing happens. So, Cynthia, in a, as, as you go into the tempest, if you will, how do you give your partner that space in your presence and not feel like you have to prop them up or, you know what I mean, own their mm-hmm. condition? Well, the first thing I I think you do is you learn to listen with your heart, not your head. Nice. Because you can feel, you know, you can feel people, if you you attune yourself, you can feel energy. You can feel where they are. And if you listen, sometimes it's in the words, sometimes it's in their physiology, and sometimes it's in what they can't express. And so I think learning to listen with your heart you know, allows you to step back and and um, and be a container of loving. And the other thing is to ask the person, what do you need? You know, instead of assuming and trying to fix it, because sometimes people just want you to listen to them. Sometimes they 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 want you to give them support on on how to move past it. But asking someone what they need, and and sometimes it's just space. They need space. So, I, I, and and that, all those things I just said, it isn't always easy to hear those things or to give them because we have a tendency to want to fix people. But I really think that when we want to fix people, it's for us. It's like right. so we feel better. <laughs> so we feel sure. more comfortable. Well, sometimes if, if they want to feel shame, and shame can be a very difficult thing to hold in the presence of someone else. And if they ask for uh-huh. uh, alone time or something like that, uh, it can feel like rejection. Yeah, yeah. You know, Les, if I could jump in here for a moment, because one of the things that occurs to me as I'm listening to Cynthia talk is the power of intention. And when I watch Carl and Cynthia, they have such clear intention about the love that they hold for each other and how they want to be treated and how they want to treat each other. So that's kind of what I call holding the high watch, that place of intention, and it's what we work with our women on in our group. So what is your intention? Because sometimes it can get really cloudy and it gets murky, but if you can hang on to that intention kind of like a sail, you can come back to center. You know, one of I talk about my mentor, but another thing that she said to me, which I really hang on to, is that intention always trumps intensity every time. So if you have right. clear intention, you can weather the storm. Well, well, Jean, I hadn't forgot about you. I didn't want you to think that because I've, oh, no. I've got a, I know, I know. Don't worry. Um, um, because I'd like you to share um, the idea of before um, perhaps a wedding, be- before a commitment of a couple. I mean, there's there's the the mime of the woman wants to get married and the man's dragging his feet, or the partner's dragging his feet. And uh, if if we take the uh, what we've been talking about where where one side of the coin wants to grow and evolve and, and be brave enough to go into the tempest, if you will, to be brave enough to 
to kind of open up and be vulnerable in the presence of another. Um, in the uh, in the early stages, in in perhaps dating and courtship, um, oftentimes. Um, if people have left a relationship because there was just no skin in the game as far as personal growth, how do you even weigh in? Because it, if a woman's kind of holding back for a wedding ring before uh, she commits to, um, I mean, uh, the, the idea that if you love me, put a ring on me, um, and and then to flip that over and in the courtship there hasn't been any real... Um, challenge or or um, um, vulnerability. I mean, um, be, because uh, I can speak for myself. I very much value people who value personal growth. Uh, so, in the dynamic of a the the um, the first steps of a relationship, how do you even approach the subject of? Hey, well, golly gee, how do you like being vulnerable and feeling raw in the presence of another person? I mean, <laughs> I mean, what would you say to that, Jean? <laughs> well, the first thing I have to say is that I'm I'm certainly not a good model here because I did not do that in, <laughs> and so I can tell you what not to do. I, you know, like so many of us, I was very young, and and kind of clueless and it comes so much not only with emotional maturity but spiritual maturity and not everybody is there yet I mean we're all at different places along the path along the journey but for somebody who's listening to this show I'm going to guess that they are in a place of at least becoming aware of what might be important to them and those conversations, I wish so much that I had had those conversations because we might have wound up in a different place. However, just let me put a bookmark there because I have to say I don't think there are mistakes, right? And so that was such a wonderful learning journey for me um, that I would not take it back for anything. But to have that conversation, I, so I, I'm going to say something, and then you have to ask Cynthia this question because she has a wonderful example in her okay. current marriage because of her previous experiences. But I think you have to be willing to talk about what's important to you. So what's your intention and what are the important things to you? Because if you really care about someone, then what that person cares about is worthy of conversation. Right. So, Cynthia, um, it's, what would you say to that? Well, you know, uh, I will say that, you know, I said that, you know, at one point my husband and I hit, you know, a couple of walls. But one of the times that we hit a wall, you know, I had been afraid to speak my feelings and my frustrations. And I had held it for quite a long time. And when I finally realized how deep it was and how profound it was, I was aware that it was a deal breaker for me. And so, um, and I can tell this story because my husband has told it in his <laughs> his talks as well, is that, you know, I took him to dinner and I said, I've got to talk about this. And first of all, I'm going to take responsibility that I'm the one who held it and, and didn't bring it. But, um, but I need things to change. And uh, for me, 
and that doesn't mean you have to change, but I need things to change for me if we're going to stay together. And it created quite a stir in our relationship, and we both went to work with people individually and then collectively. But what happened was is that in retrospect, um, what my husband says about it in his book is is that it, it caused us both to be completely open and vulnerable with all our cards on the table. And then, then it was choice. And so it was so powerful. It was not a fun year, but it was so powerful because we both had to learn to open from a different perspective and to speak from the heart and not withhold. I think withhold is damaging. Sure. Well, the yeah. idea... I'm- the the idea of being um, that raw or naked, if you will, where you uh-huh. do have all uh-huh. the cards on the table, like this is me. This, I mean, this is because, uh, I mean, ultimately we're all humans, and um, we've had plenty of our own scars. It it's kind of a um, a bold thing to I don't want to say get over because I don't think vulnerability has a, a boundary. <laughs> As especially mm-hmm. as we go to step forward in a more bold expression of ourselves, uh, that difficult time you you shared with your husband, it, it has to have. I'm I'm projecting here. Um, it has to have uh, created a much stronger uh, foundation for you to stand on and influence who you are, Cynthia, when you stand in front of mm-hmm. other people. Absolutely. And and you know what, it, it's so, you know, because we're talking about awakened women here. It's like what it did for me was it taught me the importance of my voice. It taught me the importance of of understanding what I wanted, what I needed, how I wanted to show up, how I wanted to be treated. And so, and so if you can do that in one place, you can do that everywhere. Because it's all the same energetic frequency. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. go ahead, Jean. I know you have a comment. <laughs> you're, you're reading my mind because I'm actually thinking about my daughter. So I, I mentioned, you know, the emotional maturity place. But my daughter is 29 and recently engaged. And she has been with her girlfriend for five years. And I have watched them grow this relationship. And I, I would like to think that she got part of it from me, but I'm really not holding any, any great <laughs> expectation of that. But um, the conversations that they have, the journey that they have walked, the, the willingness that they both have to go deep into what's important to them and to be vulnerable with each other, I think is remarkable. So I can't, point to a particular age I think it's a like I said it's a willingness and it's an intention to create something more in your life right well I'm going to throw a tangent in this whole conversation and bring in (laughs) bring in the male side of things so what if your guy is just the sweetest nicest guy and and you just love him to death, and you know he's got pain and heartache in his heart, and yet he's he's scared to death to go there because uh, we've talked multi, uh, 
in length about the masculine um, wounding and whatnot on this show. Mm-hmm. How do you, I mean, it, I don't think anybody can force or have an expectation of behavior. Uh, in other words, it's not like you push anybody anywhere, but how do you, how would you uh, create a, um, a space for someone who's perhaps never um, really been in an environment where anybody even wanted to hear how they felt, because um, men can be um, pretty careful or guarded with their feelings. Um, Jean, I would ask you, um, how do you how do you hold a space for a, a man to be vulnerable? So, you know, trust is not something that just happens. It's something that's built over time. And it it has to be baby steps and there is encouragement. And some people can go there and some people can't. I actually have a very dear friend who loved her husband very much and he was not willing to go there. But they came to an agreement that she could go do what she needed to do and that he would stay home and do what he wanted to do. And that relationship worked out well for them because they were able to come to an understanding that was about acceptance. And so that place of acceptance, I think, is really important. Um, And it's one we forget because when we get headed down a path and we want someone to go with us, if you're not doing it my way, you aren't doing it right. Right. So so that's one thought. I you know, I think there's so many answers to individual situations. Sure. Well, we've got time flies by pretty fast. We got about 5 minutes left. Now, I want to I want to uh shift the conversation to the awakened woman past tense. I mean, the awakened woman. Um um Cynthia when when mm-hmm. you look at society, I mean, in the past we can think of uh, Mary Magdalene or whatnot. When when you see an awakened woman blossom, um, what attributes or, or characteristics do you see that show you that they are indeed awakened woman? The level of confidence is clear. Um. And their ability to articulate who they are and and how they want to be in the world is like tangible. I, I think they also are in high service to themselves, to their families, and to humanity. I, I think that they are um, they are in their their zone of genius, and they they thrive there. There is passion there, and they and they model for other people what it looks like to stand in that grand place within yourself. Right. So, I I like that. It's um. The, it it it's the face of the uh, to use a cliche the the new woman, if you will, the the awakened mm-hmm. woman. So, so Jean, um, how would you answer that question? I mean, what what are the attributes? What what would the awakened woman look like to another? Um? 
So I love what Cynthia said, and what I want to add on to that is that I think the awakened woman is is brave, she's bold, she's willing to take a risk, even though she's scared. And she's actually not afraid to show that she's scared, that she's nervous, that, you know, she's uncomfortable. I mean, this is not a perfection facade that we build, but it is a, because it's a clarity of intention that creates a trajectory where nothing is going to stop her. Mm-hmm. It's like the the self confidence is anchored in their in their knowingness. I mean, they've yeah. It, it's no longer a question in their psyche. They know it. They own it. Right. Even though it feels scary. <laughs> sure. Well, mm-hmm. I I think we're this next chapter of our human story is going to be legions of people that step into new shoes that perhaps there isn't a, a archetype of the past. I mean, it's kind of a, a it, it, we're really in a new paradigm because Leonardo da Vinci didn't have 3D printing. Jesus didn't have Twitter. I mean, we live in such a, <laughs> we, live in really, we live in a rich environment, a super rich environment of opportunity that just didn't exist in the past. So, I would yep. imagine we see titans, giants, just um, legions of sages and mystics and alchemists that waken in the uh, in the everyday person. Well, um, I think we're at the point of uh, well, let's stop right now and say uh, um, I'm going to ask Cynthia to give our listeners the 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 whole perspective of of what you two offer, um, how to connect, what kind of programs you have. Just lay it all out so the listener (laughs) can know exactly who you are and how they can engage your platform. Well, I would love to do that. So our website is Women Creating Our Futures, and we offer a whole range of programs. You know, one is our conference that happens in January every year in Denver, and you can come to that in person or you can we stream it as well. Our Mastermind program is a three-month program where women come together with us and our coaches, and we help them really lay the foundation for their futures. We, we help them work on their emotional integration. They have, they have 30 experts um, that they can listen to uh, online recordings that support them in actualizing their success. And then we have our AWE program, and our AWE program is for women entrepreneurs. They spend a year with us. They come, we meet in Denver four times a year uh, in person for three days, and our mission is like to inspire and educate and equip the entrepreneurial-minded woman so that she can transform and express herself consciously as they expand their business impact and results. And it's just quite extraordinary. We have experts and we have coaches that work with the women throughout the entire year to step to the next level. Beautiful. Sounds like you said that before. (laughs) (laughs) Cynthia, speaker workshop, don't forget. Oh, yeah, and and spectacular speaker. There's a lot of people who want to be on stages, but they're not sure how to get there. And so we have a program called Spectacular Speaker, and we we spend – 
two weeks online with the people, working with them on the techniques, and then we come together in person, and they get to practice, they get to be on camera, we get to work together to really create a, you know, a, a powerful keynote for them. Well, beautiful. I love it. Well, we're, we're down to the wire here. Um, I'm going to ask you both to just share uh, closing thoughts with us. Uh, Jean, do you want to go first? Sure. So I just want to say, you know, for all the women out there, you are brilliant. You might not recognize it yet, but you are brilliant. You are strong. You are unique. You are capable. And find support to help you recognize it, see it, and own it because we need you. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, what I want you all to know is that you're a masterpiece in the making. You're a unique imprint. Nobody can do what you came here to do. And so why not step into it? Why not explore the depths of your being and bring it because the world is waiting for you? Beautiful. Cynthia, Jean, I want to tell you both, wow, what a fun episode. I've really enjoyed having you two as our guests tonight. I want to thank you both for being on the show. Thank you, Les. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> We've been talking with Cynthia James and Jean Hendry, and the topic tonight has been The Awakened Woman. It's it's a curious time in our culture because um, – there's so much upheaval in the collective, and um, social media can can show us so many different um, faces, if you will, of of what is expected. There's there's such a a thick, broad um, expectation from pretty much every direction you look about what's expected of us as a man or a woman, and. Uh, I'd just like to share the idea of you don't need anybody outside of you, period, end of story, to to validate who you are. You're here to be you. Your authenticity comes from inside of you. So nobody can quantify or validate your own authentic um, persona, if you will. Your soul has a vision for your life that it doesn't have to look like anybody else's life at all. In fact, I suggest a lot of life paths look unique compared to the past. And what I mean by that is your soul might be calling you to show up in a way where there's been no leader before you, where there's been no archetype or mind before you, and you're here to create new, a, a virgin idea, if you will, of who uh, who you could and I've really loved the conversation tonight because that takes a little skin in the game. It takes a little vulnerability to stand up and and really embody a new archetype, a new idea of what an awakened woman can look like. You know, it's 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 my it's my pleasure bringing you episodes like this. I've loved the conversation tonight. Um, I encourage you to go to womencreatingourfutures.com if you want to learn more about Cynthia and Jean. Um, I'm your host, Les Jensen. I created the New Human Living Platform to um, create a 
a pathway for you to understand what it looks like to embody your your soul and and teach your ego how to trust a brave and courageous heart. Um, It's an exciting time to be alive. Thank you for sharing this evening with us. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.